Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. Nicholas Wapshot will be joining us in a moment, opinion editor of Newsweek and an author. His newest book is titled The Sphinx, Franklin Roosevelt, The Isolationists, and The Road to World War II. His book is available at www.norton.com forward slash books and also at amazon.com. Well, if you haven't heard, the New York Times put out an article by Joe Becker, Adam Goldman, and Matt Apuzo. And it said, Russian dirt on Clinton? I love it. That was what Donald Trump Jr. said. And yes, it was before the election. Is Nicholas with us? I am. Hello, Nicholas, and welcome, welcome back. Always good to have you. Happy Tuesday, my friend. And to you. What Um, an exciting day, by the way. Yeah, let's talk about this. On June 3rd of last year, there was an email sent to Donald Trump Jr., and I think we would agree it could hardly have been more explicit. One of his father's former Russian business partners had been contacted by a senior Russian government official and was offering to provide the Trump campaign with dirt on Hillary Clinton. The documents would incriminate Hillary in her dealings with Russia and would be very useful to your father. And I quote reading uh, the uh, one of the passages from the email. It was written by a trusted intermediary who added, quote, this is obviously very high-level and sensitive information, but it's part of Russia and its government support for Mr. Trump. Now, let's talk about this. Some people might say, when you're running, Nicholas, especially Trump supporters, but even some who may not be, they they may say, well, we know Russia meddled in the election, but, you know, is that a smoking gun? Would that lead to, you know, impeachment? Uh, this is the son, not the dad. You know, there's so many, you know, questions when something like this comes out. So bring us up to speed with how this came about. Uh, if, you know, what what is the response out of the Trump camp? And, you know, because I'm sure he's, you know, calling it fake news. And um, what this does mean if, in fact, it is true and if more information like this is to be found. Well, actually, the strange thing about the White House and Trump himself is, issued a statement through uh, the White House press room saying that uh, he is glad that his son, who's an upright sort of person, is being so transparent about it, which is to acknowledge that all those emails are true uh, and the implications are true. The implications, of course, are severe, to put it mildly. Here is someone in the Trump campaign, you can't get more close than the number one son of the presidential candidate himself, you would have thought, who takes an active part in the campaign, 
was encouraging people he knew to be from the Russian government to provide opposition research against Hillary Clinton. That itself, I would have thought, I'm not a lawyer, but I mean, that's getting very close to somewhere towards treachery, treason. In brief, if a foreign government... Now, now, Nicholas, I know you're not a lawyer. Nicholas, Nicholas, I know you're not a lawyer. Let me ask, though, so that people understand. Isn't it common, if like you and I are running against each other, to dig up dirt from any source, even another government? Not from a foreign government, it isn't, Leslie. That's the, that's the key difference here. And it's not as if this stuff sort of came in a brown paper package across the transom and you had no idea where it was coming from. It turns out that they didn't have any dirt to deliver uh, on Hillary, or at least there's no dirt past hands. But the important thing is that Donald Jr. was happy over a whole succession of emails to arrange a meeting with people who he believed did have, in the full knowledge, because the go-between explained it, in the full knowledge that it did come from the Russian government. Now, anybody in a senior position in a campaign that accepts help from a foreign government is in severe trouble. You just say no. You simply say no. The first thing is you say no. The second thing is you call the FBI and say, hey, they're dickering with us. They're messing with us. But obviously, normal rules don't apply to the Trumps, and they certainly didn't apply to uh, Donald Jr. in this case, did they? Uh, no. And, and, and some people would say, okay, the you know father, uh, the, the son, not the father, some could say the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, but there's no indication that Trump was um, in the meeting with these emails. It was, uh, wasn't it what, uh, Manafort and... and and, and uh, yeah, Don Jr., Manafort, and uh, Kushner, the brother-in-law, yeah. Ivanka's husband. Yeah, no, I can imagine in the heat of campaign, by the way. Uh, and by the way, Jared awesome. Kushner does sit, you know, in the room with huge uh, international discussions on very um, private uh, government matters. But absolutely, particularly in the that strange period between the election and the inauguration, when uh, Ivanka and Jared were... In, in rooms talking with things like the Japanese prime minister with no State Department officials there, with no one recording the conversation. Uh, how many other meetings like that were taking place uh, on the telephone or through email? We don't entirely know, but there's no doubt that Jared, he's already implicated, of course, with a Russian link for having gone to the Russian ambassador uh, and uh, having discussed with a Russian banker about the post-election situation. And then, of course, Manafort himself was suspended even by the Trump campaign because his links to the Russian government and Putin through his association with the Ukrainian government, which he was a, uh, a, it used to give electoral advice to the old Russian-backed guy who uh, fled the country before being lynched uh, by his own people. Uh, Manafort is up to his neck in Russia, too. So it's not surprising those three people should attend. Uh, what is difficult to know, though, is exactly... Uh, whether they had uh, an idea about what they were going to be given or not. The, the, the key here, which is your question, which is how much did Trump know? Well, he might not have known of that early meeting. I mean, they must have had lots and lots and lots of meetings that didn't account for much. Plainly, no alarm bells went off with any of those three men because actually they should have shut down the whole thing before they even got in the room. But let's assume that, the, well, we know the meeting took place and we know there's an email trail setting the whole thing up. In which case, the question is, when did Donald Trump get to know about it? The minute that Russian influence on the Trump campaign became 
such an issue that it's actually freezing the administration who can't get any work done at all because they're completely bound up as Watergate bound up Nixon. So Trump is bound up by the Russians. You would imagine there would have been a meeting of, say, the top half dozen people, which would include all of these people and Ivanka and all the other people. And Trump would say, okay, what links did we have with the campaign? Let's get them all out on the table. Let's see whether any of them are damaging. Just for his own self-preservation, you think that he would say that. This, after all, every single time that we've discovered a link between the Trump campaign and the Russians, it's been wheedled out of them by good investigative journalism. Thank goodness for the free press. Uh, And so it comes a matter, rather like Watergate again, never mind the original sin, it's a matter of what did the president do about it? Did he cover it up? Has he known about it for months? Did he really learn about it only this morning when uh, Donald Jr., published all of the emails? Is that the first time that a father and son in the middle of a a complete tornado of horror that's being poured upon them because of their Russian links? Do you think this is only the first conversation that this meeting was mentioned? It seems profoundly unlikely to me. Thank goodness we've got in Robert Mueller a a really first-class guy who will eventually get to the bottom of it. He's also bringing to his side, Mueller, in order to have this special investigation into Russian links of the Trump campaign, uh, he's brought, bringing in some really heavy artillery. These are serious guys who know about things like money laundering and all of the other things that many of us suspect that the Trump people private, find in private life, I guess, but in public life, as soon as they start continuing their old links uh, with foreign governments and so on, and when it comes to do with extending their business, then they are in profound, profound trouble. I think that if this isn't a smoking gun, it's certainly a gun that's still warm from use. And uh, there probably will be more shoes to drop or more smoking guns to come, I would imagine. Because as I say, it's been like pulling teeth. As opposed to an administration that says, oh my goodness, any crisis management company would tell you, if you're in trouble, the last thing you should continue to do is keep digging. And they've been digging and digging and digging, hoping to cover up all of the elements of this uh, messy problem of their relationship with the Trump campaign. And their, their, I mean, the thirst, the desire to get hold of dirt on Hillary, as if there wasn't quite enough, by the way, nonsense about Hillary that they could have thrown at her in any case. But they were hoping, I guess, to get some sort of breakthrough. Uh, which was what was promised and which was what wasn't delivered. But actually, even by inviting the people to come and talk to them, they have implicated themselves in what amounts to a treacherous act against American democracy. Uh, let's take some calls in Manassas, Virginia. Ishmael joins us. Ishmael, question or comment for our guest, Nicholas Wapshot. You know, throughout this whole process with the Russia and, and, and Trump administration, one thing that stands out to me that Russia knew that the Trump team lacked experience, and they just basically lied to them and tricked them into doing things which they basically end up caught up in. Perfect example, the whole situation with letting Sputnik photographers in the White House. They told them that they're not uh, uh, news anchors, but later on we found out they're, they're news photographers. So they're just capitalizing on inexperience, a lack of experience. Now, what about if something really huge, like a big deal, you know, where, where they can get tricked again, you know, like, like before? You know, it's just, it just really demonstrates the lack of experience of Trump and his campaign. You know, and my last question is, what does this mean? So this meeting it happened. So what does it mean? Where do we go from here? What's going to happen next? 
Well, okay, I Nicholas. Let's take, take them one at a time. And I think you're absolutely right about the fact that the Russians realized that Trump was, uh, with all the things we know him to be, he wasn't only lacking in any experience to do uh, with elected office or anything to do with the responsibility of a, a genuine public persona as, a, as opposed to a sort of invented uh, personality, a celebrity, uh, a TV celebrity, which is very different. But, of course, the Russians, having spotted this, have really made great progress with it because they not only encouraged Trump to be elected, but they have wrong-footed him at every turn in order to make him actually... Uh, incapable of governing properly, because he's been covered in the mire, the smear of this Russian link, uh, which we're now finding out turning out to be more true than many of us thought uh, a couple of months ago. And so it's the, it's the lack of experience, which you're pointing out exactly right, but it's that lack of experience which is allowing Russians to do exactly what they prefer. We're talking about a century's worth of the Russians trying to undermine our de democratic process, and they finally managed to do it with a White House in total disarray, filled with people who are hopeless at what they do, uh, with uh, endless, we're talking hundreds of government posts not filled because they can't get around to doing it, with uh, Congress completely frozen in inaction because the president doesn't lead them properly and won't sell their policies and won't uh, guide them in a way that a president normally does when he has both houses at his disposal. So altogether, uh, the whole thing is a, a mess, and it comes entirely, as you rightly point out, from Trump's not only lack of experience, but his lack of guile. He points, you know, he, he likes to boast that somehow he's a man of the world. He can do deals with, you know, anybody in the world. He's much better than everybody else, anything they can do. He knows more than the generals and so on. But as we know, the fact is that he's an inadequate dupe. He's being played by the Russians, and he's someone who has reached a position in life which is way out of his depth. He's walked half a mile out of his depth. And whether he will ever be able to swim back to shore, will he ever be able to be re-elected? It's looking less and less likely by the day. Uh, now, remind me what your other point was. Ishmael? Oh, he, he wanted he, to know uh, where, where he thinks this goes well, from here. Yes. Where it goes from here? Well... I would be surprised if the FBI didn't off their own bat want to talk to the three people in the room, uh, would want to interview the Russian woman concerned, and uh, also the go-between, the British tabloid journalist who became a music publicist who, did all, who wrote all the emails or wrote every other email, who made the arrangements. Uh, the feds should talk to them, certainly before they start trying to get their records straight. Those three people will be trying to ensure that they say exactly the same thing. Unless, of course, they decide to, to just tell the truth to the feds when they ask. So uh, after the initial federal investigation, like today, you'd imagine they'd be booking them in. Congress will also want to have them in front of them. Uh, but most of all, and the one that will be the most effective, of course, is Robert Mueller, when he actually moves in. And he may well say to Congress, he might well say to the, the federal investigators right now, hey, leave this to me, because, uh, you know, we're, we're now on a, a rich seam of material, which will lead to exactly what I've been set, uh, uh, um, invited to do, which is to investigate whether there were Russian links to the Trump campaign, plainly there were, and what they amounted to and whether any laws were broken. So Mueller is, is your guy eventually. As I say, if the feds haven't already made a call or two saying, I wonder whether you make yourself available tomorrow or the next day, uh, and I would guess the lawyers are saying, um, uh, that is Trump Jr.'s lawyers, are saying, uh, 
we would like to put uh, this uh, interview off until a later stage or whatever. So that's why yesterday Donald Jr. lawyered up in order to have someone to bat away uh, the knocks on his door from the people in authority who want to know exactly what he has been up to. I'm surprised, I'm surprised Jared Kushner hasn't lawyered up. He's not only the president's son-in-law, but he's one of the president's closest White House advisors. Has he? Has he? Yeah, he has lawyered I, I up. I think Jared well. has. Jared has yeah. lawyered up, yeah. Yeah, actually, probably uh, for uh, some uh, investigations that had started uh, before. Um, so Yeah, this uh, is his relationship with the Russian bank. As soon as that came out, that he actually had been in with the Russian ambassador and spoke to the Russian banker, who appears to have lent money to the Trump organization, or maybe even to Jared himself for a, for a real estate deal coming down the pike. Uh, but so, no, Jared's lawyered up. I, I mean, this is the most lawyered up White House. I mean, it's, it hasn't even been there for a year, and yet almost everybody has had to go through the enormous expense, by the way, of hiring top-class lawyers in order to bat away the worst uh, problems that are facing them. Like, they most of them deserve it. But don't forget, there are a lot of people in the White House who had nothing to do with any of this. We might not like their politics, but they uh, are now finding themselves in the middle of a horror show where they themselves are having to pay out of their own pockets in order to uh, protect themselves legally. And eventually, somebody's going to have to uh, pay for all of those lawyers. And uh, so way down... Uh, years away, there will be fundraisers and all sorts of things in order to get this wretched White House uh, into solvency again, because it will have gone broke trying to protect its reputation from uh, the incessant demands of uh, now the, the legal community. I mean, you know, we're talking about the FBI and uh, investigators. It, it, it's very expensive. As, as it happened, I mean, under Clinton, it was the same thing, too. And uh, all of the uh, the people surrounding Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton, when Whitewater and all the other investigations were going on, they found that they, too, had to lawyer up. It's a, it's a horrible and expensive business. And those people, at least the innocent people, don't deserve it. Nicholas, thank you. Nicholas Wapshot. Follow him on Twitter at nwapshot, N-W-A-P-S-H-O-T-T. The website, newsweek.com, to read his great pieces as opinion editor of Newsweek. And get his book, The Sphinx, Franklin Roosevelt, The Isolationist, and The Road to World War II at www.norton.com forward slash books, also at amazon.com.